You are Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast on the Milwaukee Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Locked on Bucks, Frank Madden, not Eric Name, uh, joining you today. Uh, last night, Eric was with you from Detroit. I was traveling from Texas to Milwaukee. I've made it to Milwaukee. Eric, alas, is busy finishing a story for the Athletic Wisconsin. Rumor has it he is holed up, uh, burning the midnight oil, finishing uh, a piece on deadline. Uh, unclear which of the uh, many athletic Wisconsin field offices he's working from. Uh, rumors he may be uh, in McQuanago, uh or perhaps Oostburg, unconfirmed as of uh, as of now. But in any case, just wanted to check in with you guys because um, I didn't get to talk about the Pistons game, and uh, I didn't get to talk about DJ Wilson. And as someone who has you know slandered DJ Wilson's good name for a year and a half or whatever it is, I, I feel obligated to celebrate his. Uh, coming out party, I guess, um, or at least a very solid performance uh, in Detroit in a very close game that um, he was certainly a, a, a factor in, in helping the Bucks close out. Uh, and also wanted to make sure we give another plug to our live podcast on Thursday at Broken Bat Brewing Company in the Third Ward in Milwaukee. Uh, Eric and I will be there at seven o'clock. And we'll, we'll be there probably before then. So come talk to us before then. Uh, drink some beer. Do whatever you want. Um, and then we will try to start at 7. And uh, Alex Lazary from the Bucks will be joining us. We'll talk to Alex. We'll, I don't know, probably answer questions. Because if you find people come out and see us, we, of course, want to interact with you and use the fact that I'm sure you have great questions for us. Um, so it should be a good time. And uh, I also found out today that a friend of the podcast an anonymous friend uh he has been mentioned by name on this podcast in the past that's my only hint um has uh stepped up and said he will actually donate ten dollars for every person that comes through the door to see us on thursday night to the mac fund um so that's really exciting so um he said you know uh up to 100 people he said how how many people fit in that in that place i said i don't know maybe max 100 maybe um i don't know if we'll get that many people but um, he generously said uh, 10 bucks for every person who shows up. And I think, as Eric mentioned, the Broken Bat folks have also said they will um, pitch in a portion of the proceeds of beer sales to the MAC Fund or whatever charity we choose. It'll probably be their MAC Fund or Bucks Charities or, or Bucks Foundation or something. So, um, you know, talking bucks and consuming good drinks and, uh, and, and helping uh, a great cause, that's a good combination. So come out and see us on Thursday night. And um, I guess turning my attention just quick to, to this game uh, in Detroit. Um, first off, I, it, early in the season, I was hoping to get to the point where we just expected the Bucks to just sort of thump 
kind of like decent teams on the road, that that would be kind of the level they would reach. Haven't really gotten that point sustainably. They're now seven and six on the road. Um, you know, maybe had a little bit of that early in the season, especially I'm thinking of like that Minnesota game where they just trucked the Wolves uh, during the kind of Jimmy Butler doldrums uh, for the trade. Um, but things have been a bit tougher, certainly uh, of late on the road. Um, some narrow losses, some, um, you know, less than super convincing wins. Um, obviously, the win in Toronto, uh, a great win regardless of, of margin. Um, and this game, you know, again, Detroit has been really up and down. They did just beat the, the Celtics. Um, they were not impressive, as, as Eric mentioned, against the Bucks uh, in Milwaukee recently. Um, but they had a ton of threes. And uh, Blake Griffin, I think, was well contained by, among others, DJ Wilson and Sterling Brown, uh, but did have a triple-double. And certainly the Bucks uh, gave up a lot of threes to a team that, um, you know, doesn't necessarily always shoot a ton of threes. Um, and a team that obviously we talked about not having great guard play. So, uh, you know, again, chalk another kind of, eh, Bucks give up a lot of threes type concern uh, after this game. But I think ultimately, you know, you win a game against a team that reasonably, you know, could and maybe should make the playoffs in the East. Um, I think at this point you have to be happy with it. Bucks move to 20 and nine, um, get a little bit of cushion against uh, some of the teams chasing them uh, behind them at two in the East. Uh, Philly lost the other night. Indiana loses tonight. Uh, this is Tuesday night at home to the Cavs of all teams. So that, uh, that certainly helps. Uh, so the Bucks actually now even on losses or sorry. Yeah. Even in the loss department with the Raptors were 23 and nine and the Bucks at 20 and nine. So, um, We'll talk a little bit about this Pelicans game on Wednesday coming up uh, a bit later. But I guess just returning to this game, I mean, you know, Eric referred to DJ Wilson's performance as solid. And I think that's a very good way to describe it. And I think the big thing that stood out for me is, you know, I mean, we've talked about this, that the, the frustrating part about DJ Wilson is that it's not like he can't catch a basketball, you know, like what we always complain about with Thon. It's not like he just can't shoot for the life of him or he's just too slow and can never play defense, you know, a la Jabari Parker or something like that. I mean, he has tools, kind of raw materials that would suggest he should be able to be a solid NBA player. But, you know, for whatever reason, just he has not been able to produce at the G League level. Even last year, he was really not a good G League player, really didn't stand out in summer league, had kind of maybe some flashes this past summer. And obviously just has been a non-entity in terms of winning minutes uh, on an NBA court, including last year when... I mean, there were games where the Bucks literally didn't have a power forward at their disposal, and he still didn't play. So um, I think a lot of obvious concerns around DJ and just, you know, is this guy ever going to just be able to kind of put it put it together and, and contribute in any meaningful way? Can he play with, you know, as I, I kind of talked about in the summers, he just doesn't play with force, you know? Um, he's a guy that, despite the fact that he seems reasonably athletic and smooth and um, has a decent handle, especially for a 6'11 guy, Never really beats people off the dribble, settles for fadeaways, defensively doesn't grab rebounds. You know, just he just doesn't play with physicality, doesn't play with strength. And I think what you saw against Blake Griffin, again, it's not like he was just manhandling Blake Griffin or something. Um, for a guy who's 6'11", 230 something, he still seems like pretty small. Um, does not seem to be particularly strong. Um, I mean, it's remarkable that his frame is surprisingly close to Giannis's in terms of measurables, but obviously the net result is very, very different. But, you know, to his credit, I mean, he had a couple blocks, he was active, 
Um, I thought he was, it's weird to say patient defensively, but I think, you know, that, that's something he did well with Blake, especially when he kind of faced him up, put him in the post. Um, you know, again, picked up some fouls. Um, again, did not lock down Blake Griffin, but was very competent. And for a guy who hasn't had, obviously, many opportunities in the NBA, has not earned many opportunities, it was encouraging. And, um, you know, again, uh, I think uh, our Twitter friend Greg Bear uh, tweeted a picture of, you know, the old Wilt Chamberlain 100 sign with DJ's head and a nine on it for nine points. Uh, you know, I guess damning with faint praise a little bit to say that a nine point three rebound three assist game is, you know, the greatest game of his life. But now that's where we are and you, you have to start somewhere. So um, certainly it's encouraging. Obviously, part of the reason he played was Ursan Silva being hurt. Um, but still interesting that he would get thrown into the fray given I mean, the Bucks could have done other things with those minutes. We've seen Thonmaker get plenty of power forward minutes. Um, I obviously am still bitter that Christian Wood has not gotten any of these minutes at the center or power forward position, really, or at least not in any kind of meaningful uh, game action. Um, but credit to Wilson for being ready for when uh, you know his number got called and um, for catching basketballs, finishing, looking fluid. Um, I mean, I think it's going to be very interesting. I mean, if, if Ursan misses any more time, um, does that mean Thon Maker, you know, doesn't see any more power forward minutes? To be honest, uh, longtime listeners will know will know that neither Eric nor I really believe in Thon as a as a power forward, just because that means if he's out there with another center, it's just you know you're just not really getting much in the way of ball handling, passing from your big positions at that point. Um, obviously, with Brook and on this team now, you can still stretch the floor significantly at the five. Um, and, and so I think certainly playing Thon with a traditional five is, is very unappealing to me. And again, I, I'm, I remain unconvinced that Thon really has kind of a long-term uh, role here in Milwaukee, but um, we'll see uh, if DJ Wilson can kind of do stuff like we saw last night. I mean, I, I think that he can certainly make an argument for why he deserves minutes over Thon at the four, at least. I don't think DJ's going to be a five, but um, you know, we, I think we did see him a little bit with Giannis, uh, as a four five pairing as well. So we'll see. I mean, again, you don't want to kind of get too excited or, or jump to conclusions, but, um, you know, certainly if, if DJ Wilson can repay the bucks, uh, patience, uh, and willingness to pick up his team option and actually start giving you the, op- you know, the ability to put him in basketball games that matter and, and actually contribute something that would obviously be really big because, I think, you know, at the four spot, we've seen that they've been a bit short, especially with Ursan missing some time. Obviously, you have Giannis, so you're not short at all in that sense. But um, but having a, a little bit more depth would obviously be be a plus. And, um, you know, again, Wilson can can do some different things on both ends that, that could be valuable. So shout out to DJ Wilson. Um, Sterling Brown uh, also deserves a shout out. I mean, we talk about Sterling a lot. He was a guy that we thought coming into the year would be a, uh, be a rotation guy from the start and then that didn't happen. Took a little while, but um, as Eric promised, he he did return to rotation minutes after I complained about his DNP CD um, in Cleveland. Uh, interestingly, Brogdon did not play at all, so that made it even more important that 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 uh, Sterling played and, and played well. Um, although interestingly, he also played Blake Griffin and defended him reasonably competently. Which again, that's the one thing certainly that Sterling Brown can do, which none of the other, you know wing types on the Bucks roster is probably going to be able to do that, that physicality, obviously it's sort of the anti DJ Wilson in that sense. Um, if some of that maybe rubs off on DJ, that would probably be, be a positive thing. And maybe that's what's happening, right? Maybe the lockdown Sterling Brown 
uh, hashtag stare down Sterling Brown um, kind of ethos is, is rubbing off on DJ. I do not know, but it would be a good thing if that's the case. Um, so kind of just hitting on a couple other, I guess, things from the game. Uh, you know, the two things Eric asked me, what did I want to see? What was I looking for? And I said, you know, Giannis putting up a big uh, offensive night after having some forgettable nights against the Pistons in the last year. And, and obviously, um, you know, notwithstanding the 44-point night, I mean, he was coming off of some pretty meh offensive games. And so uh, Giannis picking up two quick fouls and then bouncing back to score 32 points on 21 shots, um, got basically no whistles, uh, <laughs> three charges against him. Uh, he's had, I think Matt Velasquez reported, uh, averaged one charge uh, offensive foul a game so far, which would put him well above his um, career best or career worst uh, pace. Um, and I think we all know, I mean, at this point, like nobody can stop Giannis. So guys just fall down and Blake Griffin did it a couple times. And um, I mean, you can't blame people because if the refs are excited to call those, I mean, Eric, as Eric put it, you know, little guys get away with a lot. Blake Griffin is not a little guy, but if you throw yourself to the floor against Giannis, um, guys are, are getting calls and it's, I think it's frustrating for Giannis last night, just two free throws, both on and ones. I had another couple plays where it looked like it should have been uh, shooting fouls and they're called on the floor. So again, I think the important thing is, you know, 32 points in 31 minutes, 12 boards, five assists, two blocks. Fortunately, did have six turnovers and those five fouls was a minus eight. Um, but clearly uh, I think, you know, they went down 10-2 to start the game. Giannis gets the two fouls. You're worried. You know, this game's kind of getting out of hand uh, right away. Um, but thankfully, uh, you know, the other guys were able to kind of steady the ship. And aside from Giannis and hoping that he would kind of continue his uh, torrid pace, Chris Middleton, um, not a monster night by any stretch, but certainly compared to what he's been doing, he was the other guy I really wanted to watch and see could he bounce out of his, snap out of his slump a bit. Three out of six from three. 5 out of 6 from the line, 7 out of 16 overall from the field. So just 4 out of 10 on twos. Um, we saw him maybe in the post a little bit more trying to get comfortable, uh, as Chris was hoping to do. Um, 22 points overall, uh, plus 15. It cooled down a little bit as the game went on. But, um, you know, again, just to see those numbers kind of going in the right direction. He hit two big threes uh, right after Giannis went out that um, kind of, you know, stabilized the game a little bit. And, um, you know, after one quarter, the Bucks were just down two. Giannis came back, scored uh, to end the period, and then really the second quarter, Bucks go th- uh, thirty to sixteen run. Um, and you know that was that was basically what what they kind of held on to. The Pistons used those three point shoot that uh, three point shooting um, to take leads in the fourth quarter. But um, you know, credit the Bucks, they they were able to to kind of show their uh, their quality ultimately in the end. And um, you know, again, not a not a work of art, but their best players uh, ultimately made made enough plays. Um, I thought Bledsoe, nine assists, um, stood out in terms of his playmaking, just one turnover. Um, and Tony Snell, five out of eight. He started again for the second straight game with Brogdon out. Um, 12 points, hit a couple of threes, had a couple of, uh, as Eric pointed out, a couple of nice slashing baskets as well as he continues to do things outside of the normal Tony Snell comfort zone, which is nice to see. And I think... Um, good to see the Bucks being able to weather Brogdon's absence because obviously as much as the plus minus numbers as we've pointed out have not loved Malcolm Brogdon this year obviously he's a very talented guy and he gives you I think a margin of error a degree of freedom uh, that you don't have if he misses and last night you know Brooke Lopez just won there's three points on on four shots um, but uh, Lopez was great defensively so um, I'd say looking ahead to Wednesday I will be 
in the arena. I'm excited for that. Um, Pelican's been a frustrating team this season. Um, it seems like they should be better. They were look, looked great really early in the season to start the year. We're scoring at a breakneck pace, playing at a super fast pace. Um, but things have just not kind of gone as expected. They've had injuries. Uh, Alfred Payton, who I don't think is that good, but has been pretty important for them and has missed a lot of games. Um, they've missed him. And perhaps more importantly, on Wednesday, we're not expecting to see uh, either Julius Randle or Nikola Miritich next to Anthony Davis. So missing both of those kind of complimentary big guys, especially Miritich, who just scares the hell out of me, especially because, uh, let's be honest, um, a four defended by Giannis, uh, you, you know, stretch guy, usually they get a lot of open threes because Giannis kind of roams and does his Giannis thing. Um, so with them missing him, I think that's obviously something that, um, you know, could could be a, a major positive for uh, for the Bucks, uh looking to, to take care of business at home where they've tended to to take care of business. So, um, you know, again, a chance to uh, put together a little winning streak here, uh, especially with, um, you know, Boston coming up on the weekend, some you know, some games, uh, you get two Knicks games um, around Christmas, but um, you do want to obviously try to bank some of these wins against teams, especially at home, that, that maybe aren't at, at full strength. Uh, and look, you know, Bucks right now have a tiny bit of breathing room in the East standings, um, trying to catch the, the Raptors. Um, but again, there's kind of no, um, no, no bad time to, to win home games. And um, you know, looking on the buck side, Brogdon, as of 8.30, injury report uh, on NBA.com, was listed as questionable with hamstring soreness. So um, the injury that we initially thought was kind of like, a, oh, it's the Cavs, who cares, rest up, Malcolm. Um, he misses the game in Detroit. Now he's questionable for Wednesday's game as well. So um, Bucks may also be a, a little bit shorthanded, although um, likely not as shorthanded again as, uh, as the Pelicans. Ian Clark, also questionable with an ankle sprain. Don't think that matters quite as much as obviously Miritich, who officially is doubtful, but uh, reports today that he was out. Randall was also doubtful, both of them with ankle injuries. Um, but it sounds like they're neither of them is playing, and and Peyton also uh, with a finger fracture is out. So um, I will hope to uh, improve my record with uh, with myself in attendance, watching the Bucks to two and zero this year on Wednesday night. Um, and I guess uh, we'll we'll try to podcast afterwards, uh, and again get you ready for. Thursday night when there's no Bucks game, but we hope to see you at the Broken Bat Brewing Company for the live podcast at seven o'clock. I think that's it, guys. Was this a fast pod? I think this was a relatively quick pod. I'm gonna stop droning um, for Eric Name, who's busy pounding the keys somewhere in the state of Wisconsin for the Athletic. Uh, I'm Frank Madden. Uh, enjoy the game on Wednesday, and we'll hopefully see many of you on Thursday. Take care.